All right, welcome to your Thursday edition of the Daily Dots here on Thursday, January the 11th. Um, this one's going to be fun. It was a, a, a very interesting day, in my opinion. Uh, frankly, one that made me feel like I'm taking crazy pills, which I'll get into after kind of give you a market wrap here. Um, S&P was flat. The NASDAQ was flat. Qs were up about 0.2, but NASDAQ composite was flat. Um, same for Magnificent 7, flat. Uh, IWM, Russell 2000 was down again about uh, about 0.8%, but it was down more like 1.8% at one point on the day. So a decent rally back there. As far as the, uh, the big names go, Apple was down a tiny bit. Microsoft up a tiny bit. Amazon up about 1%. NVIDIA up about 1%. Tesla down about 3 uh, after announcing they were giving all their workers what, um, raises and kind of limiting production in Germany for a little bit because of supply chain disruptions. So now they're cutting prices on their products and giving their workers uh, wage increases. So not going to be helpful for margins that, or earnings at all. Um, oil was up about 2% on the day. The dollar was flat. And then by far, to me, most importantly on the day, yields were down significantly, especially on the front end. The, the two-year was down about 10 basis points. And this is the part that makes no sense, and I'll get into why. Um, obviously, we got the inflation report this morning, as I talked about yesterday, and let lead in. Uh, we were expected to go up 3.2% on, on on the CPI, and it was 34 And as far as core inflation goes, we were expecting 38 and we got 39 and in my opinion, it was kind of even worse than that in some ways. Um, due to that, the one-year inflation swap, which is just no kidding, a, a way for the market to, to kind of bet on exactly where they think inflation will be in one year, went up seven basis points on the day because of, obviously, the inflation data, uh, as well as jobless claims, which yet again barely printed above 200,000, which is secularly low. So still no one's losing their job. And inflation not only didn't didn't go down as much as people expected you could argue it's 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 at the beginning stages of a reacceleration the city economic surprise index looked looks to me like it's bottoming and starting to curl up and move higher as we've been talking about for weeks now still expecting q1 data to um kind of surprise the upside and be pretty hot um not only did that one-year inflation swap move up seven basis points, but it's been in a very clean downward trend channel since like mid-October, and we're on the cusp of breaking above that. So you get a hot PPI tomorrow morning, and that probably breaks out of the the trend that has been on. And the Fed clearly has been looking at the one-year inflation swap as their sort of inflation inflation gauge for a year out versus where policy is now. So. You know, when you have policy at five and a half and the inflation swap goes down to two, then you realize, well, we're a little too tight. But if that one year inflation swap is going to start ripping higher, then your five and a half percent policy rate all of a sudden doesn't look that tight. Um, and you're already seeing them kind of trying to come out and move people off of the March uh, rate cut expectations. Uh, Cleveland Fed President Loretta Mester came out today. And she's a voter this year. Well, until she leaves in June anyway. Um, came out today and, and pushed back on June or uh, Mar the March meeting said pr pretty much we're not going to make a move in March um, or that it's it's at least, you know, way too early to, to 
kind of pinpoint March as, as a likely, um, likely cut. There's only eight meetings on the year. So if you assume you're going to do 25 basis point cuts, and right now the market is pricing in a tad over six, you're not going to cut in January. You're not, you're 50 50 at the moment, call it on cutting in March. But if you don't cut on those two and you're going to do 25 point cuts, then you have to do a cut at every single meeting, the last six meetings of the year. But with that said, the the market is starting to toy with the idea of 50 basis point cuts around uh, March, April, June, which are more like, I should say, I should say April, June. Um, Those two have more than a 100% chance uh, odds for a 25 basis point hike, suggesting you're kind of starting to price in 50 as a possibility, not, you know, it's not well priced at barely over a hundred, but it's the first time I've seen those move um, past, you know, a 25 basis point cut. So to me, it's very bizarre to have a day where you have hot data, hawkish um, talk from the Fed, seven basis point increase in the one year inflation swap. And yet you have the market pricing in an extra 13 basis points and cuts in 2024. Cause that, that was what the number ended up being. So they kind of a 20 basis point spread in one day between where the market thinks inflation will be in a year and what, what the market thinks the fed will, will have where they will have policy rates in a year. Um, which to, to me makes absolutely no sense. Uh, now if you had, you know, really weak data, if inflation was falling off the cliff, if jobless claims spiked, significantly um if you expected you know retail sales to be poor for december that's not the case because most people think it's going to be pretty solid um uh, that would be fine like if there was you know bank a bank blowing up today something you know something like that uh, all this would make sense to me unless there's something i just totally missed or no one's talking about or only insiders know about it just doesn't make sense so it made today incredibly interesting to me uh to the point of you know taking action around the thesis that we think rates are going to, at least for the first quarter, um, if if not bleeding into the second quarter, rates are going to have to move higher. So to see rates moving uh, lower across the curve today and steepening the yield curve, uh, I thought was surprising and, and frankly thought it was an opportunity to um, make some positioning changes around, around where at least seems to me the market has it wrong uh, at the moment. It The market seems to be making a really a really major bet on one or two or a combination of those two things and that is that inflation is going to stay really low um and hey i've been in that camp i've been calling for inflation to get smoked to you know to the downside for uh for the last year and a half um it's a call that's been right i even recently had been more or less sticking with that like hey inflation is going to keep mechanically coming down significantly in 2024 but where things stand at the moment, I'm I'm starting to see signs that we could pick pick back up, um, with freight rates uh, moving higher, with energy very possibly bottoming, especially when you consider natural gas and oil both together. Um, we had goods goods prices have been in deflation for I think six seven eight months. Um, they're flat today, showing us hey it's possible that goods. Um, disinflation is over and we could be flat to up on goods, which would be a, a very big inflationary uh, in, impulse for um, the measures. It's very possible, especially with freight rates pumping higher. You, you either eat that cost 
or you pass it along in, in goods prices. Um, and, and shipping and rate and freight, like we're nowhere near like those 20 crazy 2021 highs, but we are, we're moving up and we're moving up fast and it's going to start impacting things. That's tends to be a leading indicator for, um, producer prices in China, which have been running negative. Uh, China is essentially in deflation. Well, this could be the kind of thing that gets Chinese inflation or just call it Asian inflation in general perked up. Um, you're starting to see inflation possibly bottom in parts of Latin America that have seen a lot of disinflation in the last couple of years. Um, the, you're seeing wages flatline. Uh, wage growth was decelerating really quickly, and I I expected it to keep happening. Well, it's not happening. It we've kind of flattened out. We're it seems like everything's getting stuck at that four or five percent, which is uh, if you go back on like a thirty year a thirty year look that that is high. Like from the mid eighties until uh, two years ago, wage inflation was basically dead. Well, now it seems like it wants to stay sticky above that the average of the last 30 years, at least for a little bit, it wants to stay sticky. Um, and then all it takes is a little bit to, for six plus cuts being priced to, to kind of uh, go poof. Um, one thing I, I, I noticed was some people were kind of talking down the inflation beat saying, oh, well, it's about what we expected. Um, and like, oh, we're still on, uh, uh, Goolsby today said, oh, we're still on the golden path, meaning like, we're still on this path of getting inflation to go all the way back to target without uh, hurting the labor market. Uh, the pro and he, he said services inflation was a little better than than expected. The, the problem with with that is the six month annualized rate, which I mean I've used for a long time, but they've started to really point to, hey, six month annualized inflation is really low, and they're right. And I've been trying to tell them that for a year. Well, now all of a sudden, six month annualized is, is going back the other direction. So whether you use CPI. So normal inflation, core CPI, services inflation, super core inflation, which strips out food, energy, housing. Um, if you want to look at personal income, even all of, all of those things in the last month moved higher on a six month annualized basis, which suggests, hey, it, it's at least uh, a reasonable probability at this point that both growth and inflation are bottoming and, and at least teasing uh, reaccelerating. So that makes it for a very awkward environment for six rate cuts in the next 11 and a half months. Um, which again, made, made today's 13 basis points, more cuts being added to pricing that much more curious. Um, I, I will keep looking for some sort of news that I missed some sort of, you know, hidden gem about, uh, some stress and some, some major asset class or sector that I, I, that I missed because, because I haven't seen any, any of it. And I, and I looked today, didn't find anything. So, Hey, if you're a listener and you're like, Oh no, no, you don't understand this thing happened over here. And that's probably why what spooked the market into thinking about more cuts by all means, uh, reach out and let me know. Cause I'm all ears. Um, that's it for me today. I just wanted to run through those prices. Um, and then talk about the, the weird day of, a bunch more cuts despite hot data and hawkish tone coming out of the fed. This really sets up for the, the fed meeting at the end of this month here in a couple of weeks um, for Jerome Powell to have to kind of bring out the red hammer and knock back market expectations for that, that March hike. Um, it's the last meeting before that one. So 
it's the last kind of golden opportunity to have all eyes on the Fed for him to kind of reprice that. And, and frankly, to reprice uh, the, the entirety of, of the six plus now cuts. The Fed obviously officially has it in, in their uh, economic projections at three cuts. Um, before the December meeting, the market had it at two. So the market had it at two and they, uh, or no, sorry, the market had it at four and they said, no, 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 three. And the market said, oh, six. Well, now the market's kind of pushing up above six, um, despite the fact that data seems to be bottoming and warming up both economic and inflation. Um, to me, all that suggests he has to either come out with the red hammer and at least push people off of March, if not try to get six down to five quickly. Um, and if not, it suggests that the people speculating that um, there's political motivations could be right. And, or in my opinion, personally, more likely that they're seeing, they're seeing stress in, in regional banks on a, on a level that makes them really uncomfortable. Um, or maybe big private equity firms, something like that, that they're facing a lot of stress. And if they don't get some cuts, there's going to be, um, some kind of systemic exposures that just need not be there because as as long as this one year, uh, inflation swap keeps moving higher, it just keep it, that will just continue to dilute, uh, the feds credibility on, on cutting anytime soon. Uh, um, so the January meeting is setting up to be one of the most interesting, uh, that I've, I've ever anticipated. So I'm very much looking forward to that, especially if we keep adding in cuts while the data stays, uh, stays at least, you know, warm. Um, but, but again, that's it for me. Uh, I look forward to uh, doing some more dots next week. Uh, stay tuned tomorrow for the regular show with Zach. That's all I got. Uh, you can always download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com. Cheers. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referenced for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.